Hello, voters, non-voters, dead voters, people who voted twice, and everyone else. I'm Dave Rubin. This is the Rubin Report direct message for November 12th, 2020. And you may notice that I'm in a slightly different situation than usual. I am live right now at the Blaze TV studios here in Dallas, Texas. I actually traveled, folks, for the first time since February. Last February, I was in Florida. I came home from Florida, and then I didn't realize I wasn't going to travel for the next nine months, considering I usually do three or four uh, speaking gigs or college gigs or whatever it might be a month. Uh, then, of course, lockdown happened, and I have been in Los Angeles every day since around February 21st. And last night, I got on an airplane and I flew to Dallas, Texas, and here I am. I made it. I'm alive. I'm okay. I even checked into a hotel. It's incredible stuff. You can actually still travel despite everything going on. Uh, so, yeah, I'm thrilled to be here with the Blaze people. I, they've got a great team, and uh, we're going to do our show as normal. I've got three stories for you. Obviously, there's a ton going on uh, in the world right now and with the election and everything else. But just real quick, I, I wanted to talk about just, just traveling again and everything else because I went to uh, LAX, Los Angeles International Airport, yesterday. And after not traveling for so long, being in a pretty much empty airport. I don't know how many of you guys have traveled since this whole thing started, but to be in an empty airport where all of the, the restaurants were closed, actually the bookstore was open at the American Airlines terminal, and I saw Don't Burn This Book in a bookstore for the first time. Believe it or not, the book came out in April, and I have not been to a bookstore even. I've seen it in Target a couple of times, but I actually got to see my book in a bookstore, which was pretty great. It was right next to Ben Shapiro's book. You know that Shapiro guy. Um, but just seeing all of these people, you know, everyone's in masks, everyone's standing away from themselves, everyone. I mean, I don't know if I was noticing this more than usual or it's happening more than usual or what, but everybody just staring at their phone, right? Like there's, cause you're not talking to anybody. So it's eerily silent. It felt very dystopian. Uh, but in any event, got on the plane. It turned out that I was sitting next to a pilot who was just, uh, doing some traveling, not actually flying the plane, who was a fan of mine. We had, we had a great chat and it's just more, it's further proof that there are people out there that are, that are waking up to some of this stuff. Uh, and then I went to a hotel where I had to wear a mask in the lobby. But then when I sat down at the restaurant, I could take the mask off. And then when I got up from the table, then I had to put the mask back on. I did not wear a mask in my hotel room. And here we are. Okay, guys. So the three stories that we're going to cover today, uh, first, I'm going to cover a couple things going on election-wise uh, on the Twitter, you know, about that Twitter machine. Uh, but the Secretary of State of Arizona, who's going to be in charge of the recount and everything else going on there and the results, tabulating the final results, she is not a fan of Donald Trump, and she has the tweets to prove it. And yes, it involves the N-word, Nazi, of course. Could I do a story without uh, somehow someone calling Trump a Nazi? I don't think so. So we're, we're going to cover that and then some tweets by uh, Joe Biden's potential a chief of staff who has in the past claimed that elections were rigged. Uh, and then Donald Trump just tweeted something in all caps that we definitely have to cover. So we're going to get to that. Uh, then we're going to talk about these new New York curfews. I have just had it with Andrew Cuomo. As you guys know, I've only lived in New York and Los Angeles, which is a very bizarre thing because everyone that likes me lives in the middle of the country. I should clearly be living in Idaho or something. Um, but there are new regulations uh, in New York for bars, restaurants, gyms, and, and all sorts of other stuff. So we're going to get into that. And, uh, and then finally, the story is a, a little bit of an offshoot of what's going on 
but I think you'll see why I want to cover it. Uh, University of Haverford or Haverford College in Pennsylvania, a bunch of students uh, basically have accomplished a list of demands that they want the university to adhere to, and it involves all that faux diversity stuff and fake tolerance and the rest of it that we talk about all the time, and I thought that would be uh, a, little, a little break from just the pure political stuff, but it does seem that wokeism ain't leaving the colleges as easily as it might. Uh, but before I get to all of that, guys, I wanna talk to you about Glint. Okay, guys, I've got my Glint card right here. I know this is a mock-up card, so you can't look at my numbers and take my Glint money. But Glint is really, it's a really fantastic system that you can buy and sell gold. You can then use your card to make purchases virtually anywhere. I showed you guys yesterday, I, I bought a brand new basketball on Amazon.com through this. This morning, I went on Nike.com and I bought myself some new sneakers. So we'll debut those new sneakers in about a week, my new kicks. Uh, but you can pay in gold or in cash. You can transfer back and forth super easily. And we, I don't have to tell you, we live in some crazy times, guys. So if you're, if you're a little nervous about what's gonna happen to the dollar, then obviously uh, gold is a great way of having a little bit of financial security. So check it out, it's just super easy. You get the card and it, it operates basically like your debit card. And within the app, you just, you just choose, am I gonna pay with gold or am I gonna pay uh, out of my normal bank accounts? And you go from there, it's really fantastic. So take a look. You guys can sign up for free at glintpay.com slash Ruben. And you can get some more information and start purchasing gold today. That's glintpay.com slash Ruben. And now back to me. Okay, guys, let's, let's talk about the latest with the election. I wanna pull up some tweets by the Secretary of State of Arizona. Her name is Katie Hobbs. And these are a couple tweets that she had from 2017. Uh, this is Katie Hobbs, Secretary of State. So remember, this is the woman that will be in charge of what happens with the election in Arizona. And in August of 2017, she said, real Donald Trump has made it abundantly clear that he's more interested in pandering to his neo-Nazi base than being president of the United States for all Americans. And uh, actually just a few days before that, she had this gem. She said, the president is on the side of the freaking Nazis. Don't just say stuff, do something. And she used all caps there. So let's, let's unpack this for a little bit. Now, the cries of Nazis and everyone who disagrees with you is a racist and a homophobe and a bigot. Okay, we're, I think, uh, if you've been watching the show long enough, we're all kind of past the point where any of that has any validity. Um, but there is some validity to the idea that the woman who is in charge now of what will happen with Arizona's election results, the Secretary of State of Arizona, clearly has some level of Trump derangement syndrome and clearly thinks Trump is a Nazi. Now, do you think that might just, you know, I know everyone's a conspiracy theorist these days, but do you think that that might affect her ability to be impartial when it comes to recounts or tabulating results correctly or whatever it might be. I think it might, it, it just might, right? Does that, does that make me tinfoil hat Alex Jones, the frogs are turning everybody gay? I'm not sure, but I think there's something there. This is the type of thing, by the way, that the mainstream media refuses to talk about, right? So it leaves the YouTubers and the folks here at The Blaze and The Daily Wire and all of these other places and me and Crowder and everybody else to talk about these things because it, that, what I just showed you there, her comments in and of themselves, they're obviously not evidence of fraud just like that, right? They're not evidence that she necessarily is gonna do something, but it is something that colors the picture and you know, I mean, this is, this is the part and this is what's so dangerous. 
about what the left has done over these last couple of years by calling everybody Nazis and, and bigots. If, if she's looking at these numbers at the end and it's like, whoa, these things are pretty close, but Trump, Trump did win. Do you think it would be out of character or even a, a crazy estimation to think that she might do something to stop the man that is leading the Nazis? Like, do you think that that's crazy? But this is what we've been reduced to. And by the way, it's not just her, the, the uh, attorney general of Pennsylvania, Shapiro, I've mentioned him a few times, no relation to Ben Shapiro as far as I know, he tweeted out about four days before the election that Trump will lose. Well, how did he know Trump was gonna lose four days before the election? And now we've got some weird stuff going on in Pennsylvania, in Philadelphia specifically. So if you have partisan people that are in charge of the apparatus of these states, you got a problem on your hand. And that, that's one of the things that we're gonna have to keep discussing over the next couple of weeks because the mainstream media just, they just won't touch it. As I always say, if you guys would just do your job, I'll find something else to do. I wanted to be in the NBA, okay? I'd like to make that dream a reality. As I said, I just got a basketball and, and I'm getting new kicks with my glint card. So come on people, help me out. You know what I mean? Let me do something else for a living. But I wanna show you uh, two other tweets that are important. So one of them uh, is a tweet from a couple of years ago. This is from uh, actually July of 2014. And this is Ronald Klein. And Ronald Klein, we can throw that tweet up there. Uh, he is responding to an article in Vox. And the article in Vox, as you can see, it says that 68% of Americans think that elections are rigged. Now, just very quickly on Vox, you guys know I do not like Vox. I find them to be awful. Ezra Klein, who uh, runs Vox, I don't think is an honest actor. He's, he's written uh, some pieces about me. Um, and, and the type of things that, that I do here and what the things that I'm talking about and all that stuff. Well, there's the article. 68% of Americans think elections are rigged. Now, it doesn't even matter whether that's true or not or whether Vox is doing actual research there. The, the contents of the article actually are completely irrelevant. You see the headline there and we live in an odd time where the headline sort of means more than the story. Well, well Ronald Klein, again, he is potentially the chief of staff. So basically running the White House for Joe Biden. Well, let's look at his response. His response, that's because they are. All right, you got that guys? That's what Ronald Klein is saying. That that's because they are, meaning 68% of Americans think elections are rigged. His response, that's because they are. So the chief of staff of the potentially incoming president thinks that the elections are rigged. He might be right, but it might not be for the reason that he thinks, nor the election that he thinks. So these are just things, again, that, that color what's going on here, but let, let's go to the most important tweet of the day. I just saw this about an hour ago. This is that, that Donald Trump guy, you guys have heard of him, right? Uh, and he did it in all caps, so you know it's something. Uh, report Dominion, and Dominion is the software company that many of these states used to uh, run their elections. Dominion deleted 2.7 million Trump votes nationwide. Data analysis finds 221,000 Pennsylvania votes switched from President Trump to Biden. 941,000 Trump votes deleted. States using Dominion voting systems switched 435,000 votes from Trump to Biden. And this is based on reporting, he tags the, the journalist there, that was on OANN. Now, okay, first off, he's using caps. So you know Trump really means it when he's using caps. Um, I cannot comment on the veracity of that claim. I cannot sit here and tell you that that is true. What I can tell you is that this would be a very, very curious move by Trump if it was not true. So let's, 
let's play it out here. So the not true version is that's not true, it's fabricated, and he just went all in. He just went all in on the lies, all caps. He picked specific numbers. He talked about the, the voting software and the whole thing, and he's going all in to get all of his people crazy. That would be the dishonest version of this. Now, that seems very hard for me to believe, right, that he would do something so specific. It's one thing to say, oh, the election was rigged, or you know, we're, we're trying to find votes here, or the attorney general of this state is, is an anti-Trumper. Those are all sort of more vague generalities that I think you can, you can talk about in a way that doesn't like really pin you down to a direct lie if you think what Trump is doing is lying. That right there, giving us the numbers, telling us the software, saying this amount were deleted, this amount switched from Trump to Biden, that is a pretty direct statement that if he does not have evidence for, that could be the nail in the coffin. Now I suspect, my suspicion, would be that, that Trump is not an idiot and that he is saying that because they've seen something. Because otherwise to go on the record with that level of speci uh, specificity is, is pretty crazy. So I think there's something there. I don't know what it is. I suppose we will find out. And as I said, this, this tweet was from about 20 minutes before we started here. So I'm guessing that the internet's lit up with all sorts of theories right now. Um, but we clearly need to look into what's going on with this Dominion software. Also the name Dominion. Right. Doesn't this sound like a sci-fi movie at this point? How did they steal the election? The Dominion software. It was, it was Dominion. Uh, yeah, it sounds like something. All right, let, let's jump on to, uh, to story number two. Have you heard about this COVID thing? Uh, well, on Saturday when, they, when the media, whatever they are, when they called the election for, for Biden, suddenly we had two days of like, oh, coronavirus is going to go away and it's pretty much done and we got this Pfizer vaccine and it's going to cure 90% of the people, it'll work on 90%, we're all good to go. Then Monday rolled around and Trump started fighting again. Trump said, I'm not going to accept these results. We're going to go to all these states. We're going to do all this stuff. And then suddenly you could feel it online. The Trump people were starting to fight back. And then what did the system do? It suddenly brought coronavirus back. So over the weekend, you've got thousands of people partying in, in New York, in DC, all over the place. You've probably seen the video of the partiers, I think in Brooklyn, where they're passing around champagne bottles and just drinking out of champagne bottles. Now that Somehow that's not a super spreader event, but you know, if a Trump guy shows up in a mask with a flag, he's, you know, bigot, Nazi, evil, you know, uh, super spreader guy. Um, so suddenly we see all these celebrations, then Trump fights back, and then suddenly now they're telling us that coronavirus is just, that COVID is just blowing up all over the place. So Andrew Cuomo, Andrew Cuomo, who is the governor of New York, this is a man who caused the deaths of probably 30,000 people by sending elderly people back in to homes. We know this, don't take my word for it, Google it. You can actually find it on the Google, at least for now. Uh, he also then wrote a book somehow. Yeah, he wrote it. I mean, he wrote a book, somebody wrote it for him about leadership during uh, COVID. Uh, he was even on Howard Stern the other day promoting his book. Um, well, what has he decided to do? He's got a whole new list of things that you gotta do if you live in New York. Oddly, I left New York to go to California, so I'm not saying I'm the perfect man, but let's get into some of the stuff that he has ordered here. I'll read you the exact quote from Fox Business. Cuomo ordered bars, restaurants, and any other establishments with state liquor licenses to end indoor and outdoor dining by 10 p.m., beginning on Friday. The governor said that these restrictions were necessary after, con contact, uh, after contract tracing data showed establishments where alcohol is served, gyms, and indoor gatherings at private homes 
were contributing to the spread of coronavirus. Okay, so there's a lot here. These people told us two weeks to flatten the curve. They told us that eight months ago. Then they told us, oh, we're gonna just shut down for the summer. Then we rolled into the fall. Now we're rolling into Thanksgiving and I guarantee you we're rolling into the new year. They love power and they love controlling your life. I did, I did the story yesterday about these ridiculous CDC guidelines about what you can do in your own home for Thanksgiving. I said I was gonna share the spoon. Everyone touched the spoon at my Thanksgiving. A lot of people picked up on that. I, maybe we'll do it, I don't know. If, if, you know. if you want your own spoon, you can have your own spoon. The point is, we are allowing these people to control our lives in crazy ways and we don't, we don't even know why and we don't even know how it is that they have the power to exercise this nonsense over us. So at 10 p.m. we're gonna close liquor establishments, we're gonna close bars and we're gonna close restaurants. So wh what do they think happens after 10 p.m.? Why is 10 p.m. the lockdown? Now, is it possible that some level of COVID is being spread at bars and restaurants? It is possible. As I said, I went to a restaurant last night. It was basically empty. It was quite depressing, although the food was pretty good. Uh, but there's nobody there. There's nobody there because everyone is just freaked out right now. So they are continually destroying the economy in the name of saving all of us. And guess what, Andrew Cuomo, I don't think you can save me. I don't think you can save me. I don't think Gavin Newsom can save me. The only people who can save each other are us. We can save each other by doing what we think is right in our own individual lives. You, guy watching this through the YouTube machine, sitting at home, I believe you can probably make the right decisions for yourself. I know, I know, uh, I'm crazy, what can I tell you? Um, so first off, okay, we got this 10 p.m. cutoff, then yes, as I said, is it possible that at a restaurant it could spread? Is it possible that as a, at a gym it could spread? Is it possible at your own home it could spread? These are all possible things. Yes, I don't deny that. But does that mean that the government has the right, not even the right, that the government has the duty to do these lockdowns and continue to destroy our lives? Look at the numbers of people that we have seen rises in suicide and in alcoholism, and we've seen secondary sicknesses like cancer go up because people aren't getting screenings. They're not going to the doctor enough to do preventative stuff. We have seen a cascading series of problems that we won't even know the effects of for years and years. But I would say all of this sort of goes back to what I told you at the beginning about me traveling. They are doing something to change how we all behave. Going to an airport and not being able to sit at a restaurant and nobody looking at anybody. And I don't even think they were playing music, if I'm not mistaken, and it was eerily silent. Nobody looks, you don't make eye contact with anyone. We, we are doing something that is anti-human to, to separate ourselves. And that is not to diminish what the reality of the numbers is. But if you think that this government that can't really do much of anything well, right? Like what does the government really do well? What problem would you have that you would go, I think the government should solve it. This is something that actually aligns lefties and righties, right? Like people on the right don't want the government to solve all of their problems. That's very obvious, right? So that's one of the things that, that's like a, a core piece of being on the right. You don't want the government to solve things. The flaw of leftist thinking is that the government, what they'll tell you, I mean, this, listen to what any of the progressives say. Listen to what the Democrats are saying. The government is evil, it's patriarchal, it's... Uh, it's racist, it's systemically racist, the rest of it. And what is their answer? Their answer is always give it more power. How about we have federal lockdowns? I mean, there are literally lefties who, who over the last six months were telling you Trump is Hitler and we needed federal lockdowns because we needed to give Hitler more power to control all of our lives. 
You see why this doesn't work? Most of us realize the government ain't working quite right. Why give it more power over your decision making? I think you should be able to celebrate Thanksgiving as you see fit. And more importantly, I think if you are a restaurant owner or anyone that owns any sort of shop that you have put your blood, sweat, and tears and life into, that you have the right to, to open that business and do what you think is right. And if you want people to take their temperature when they come in and wear masks, then that's up to you. And if they don't want to behave the way you want them to, then keep them out. But the idea that we're outsourcing all of the, all of the decision-making to the government and that Biden is literally saying we will have a federal mask mandate as if what is happening in downtown New York City is applicable to what is happening in rural Idaho. This is absolutely crazy and we're running out of time to wake up to it. Uh, all right, I want to do one other story real quick. We're, we're tight on time here. Uh, but uh, Haverford College, uh, the students rose up against oppressive Haverford College uh, and started to negotiate some things that they wanted uh, to happen at Haverford College. You've probably never heard of Haverford College. It's not that important, other than I think what you'll see here, the things that I'm going to bring up are indicative of what's happening across the universities all over the place. Uh, but a bunch of students created a group. It was originally on Instagram, and this was in protest of the shooting of Wa uh, Walter Wallace Jr. by Philadelphia police. So this is reported by the By College News. And I'm gonna read some of the demands that they have extracted out of Haverford College, which again, you probably haven't heard of, but I think this shows you what's happening across colleges all over the place. They secured 75,000 towards renovation at the Black Cultural Center. Okay, that doesn't sound so bad. Maybe they need some money to fix some things there. That's just fine. They canceled classes and jobs on election day and secured holiday pay for essential employees. I actually don't have a major problem with that. I think you know, making sure people can vote is very important, although we do live in a time where people are voting uh, via mail, and I thought that was supposed to be good, so it sort of seems like you wouldn't need to do that, but okay. Uh, they guaranteed full funding for all students who wish to visit a therapist of their choosing off campus. Well, that, that seems a little strange to me. I mean, we're going to fund students visiting therapists, whoever they want to visit off campus. We can't do that on campus. And why are we funding it? And what does that have to do with going to college and learning to become an adult? Uh, they secured a pass-fail model for the fall 2020 semester. No more grades, guys. That's just fantastic. You either passed or you failed. Doesn't matter if you ace the test or you, you pass by one question. You are the same, which is very much in line with a lot of what's coming out of the left. You remember Kamala Harris's little cartoon right before, uh, right before the election where she was basically promoting communism and said, we will all end up in the same place. That's the beauty of the system of equity that they want to create. Well, they're doing that now at Haverford College because you'll either pass or fail. It won't matter whether you passed by one question or you, or you ace the test. A couple others I'll throw two on here. Um, they secured an annual operating budget of 25 grand for work completed under the chief diversity officer. Now, as you guys know, the chief diversity officer, usually their job is to inject systemic racism into the system because that's what they're doing under the name of diversity. They secured 75 grand for bias training at the college over the next two years. They guaranteed compensation for up to 20 hours of missed work while participating in a strike. So if you don't go to work because you want to strike, they'll pay you for it. Do you see how insane this is? What does that have to do with anything? What does that have to do with being an adult? These are the places where we're, we're learning things. And there's just one or two more here that I'll, 
throw to real quick. They encouraged interdepartmental discussion and reforms to center anti-racist work in every discipline. I had no idea that Haverford College was so racist, but all of these colleges that are lefty colleges, apparently they're all very deeply racist and it goes across curriculums, which is actually pretty amazing. And finally, they secured reserve caps hours for LGBTQ students and the commitment to hire other another counselor specializing in working with LGBTQ people. Uh, you guys might remember the famous Supreme Court case, Brown versus the Board of Ed, which decided that separate but equal, that's no good. You can't have black people in this school and white people in this school separate equal, no good. But apparently now we want to separate everybody by race and by gender and by sexuality and all of those silly things. Anyway, it's not that Haverford University is that important, but these things that we've been talking about, about critical race theory, about Title IX, all of these bad ideas about anti-racism, which is actually racism and the way they're injecting it into the system. It's all still here, guys. It's all still here and we got work to do. Uh, speaking of work to do, I am doing roughly a bajillion Blaze shows while I'm in town. I'm in town for a couple days. Uh, I shot Ali Stuckey's podcast this morning. It was actually a great interview. I think you're really gonna dig it, so I'll make sure that I tweet that out. I'm doing some stuff with Glenn Beck tomorrow and a couple of the other Blaze hosts. I may even see that Steven Crowder guy. That, that's the rumor. We'll see about that. Um, and, and I've got a couple other business meetings. Good things are happening. Stay sane, everybody. It's gonna be okay. I promise you, and I'll be back tomorrow. Thanks, everybody.